0: Okay, go.
1: Uh, It still says start webinar on my end, Mm -hmm. and we'll start
0: the slideshow.
1: There we are. Good morning. Welcome to Wes Online. Yeah, John, you still need to start the webinar. Good morning, Facebook friends. Like anything in spring, we start, we stop a little bit, we start again.
2: Visual virtual show arch me a river I'll Show you an ocean I'll show you a castle turn into sand For we rise and we fall and we crash on the coastline But only our love will last till the end Virgin is fleeting time is deceiving Our bodies are weak and they turn into Darn. dust lightning strikes only one Turn to dust. So let the prison walls crumble and the borders all tumble. There's a place for us all here, and ain't it enough? <laughs> ain't it enough to live by the ways of the world? To be part of the picture. Whatever it's worth. Throw your arms around each other and love one. Stars just like diamonds all shining above. where the heavens are beaming and all the world's dreaming. Peace everlasting, and ain't it enough? Ain't it enough to live by the ways of the world? To we'll be part of the picture, whatever it's worth and love one another for it's only one life that we've got.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. We did love that. We did love that beautiful floral welcome. And we are delighted that you are here with us this morning. I know folks have been arriving and saying hello in the chat. So, good morning. This is a great chance. I'm going to do some relay of welcomes in just a moment and while that's happening. If you need to get a beverage or your candle for the candle lighting. Please do so if you want to say hello. Set your uh, chat settings to all panelists and attendees, and everyone will see your welcome. Good morning, Perry and Susan and Jeff and let's see. Oh my goodness, it's a Cynthia and Lynn and Naomi and Judy and Bill and Dara and Donna, Emily and Carl, Robin, Jennifer, Peter, Jeff, Laura, Abby and John, Christine, and many others I'm sure that I have already missed because the welcomes are just flying by. Shirley, welcome. Welcome to Washington Ethical Society online. Welcome to Spring Festival. And as we begin, I will turn things over to Lynn. We are so delighted that you are with us this morning.
0: Thank you so much, Karen. Good morning, everyone. And thank you to Robin for that slideshow. Thank you to everybody who sent in flowers for the slideshow. Opening words this morning are from my colleague, Gretchen Haley, every little thing that breaks your heart is welcome here. We'll make space for it, give it its due time, and praise for the wanting it represents, the longing for something more, some healing hope that remains, not yet. We promise no magic, no making it all better, but offer only this circle of trust, this human community that remembers, though imperfectly, and sings and meditates, though sometimes awkwardly, this gathering, that loves, though not yet enough. We're still practicing, after all, still learning, still in need of help and partners, still becoming, able to receive all this beauty and all these gifts we each bring. Come, let us gather together. Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Lynn Cox. You can use they, them pronouns for me, and I'm the interim leader here. Today's platform is about the way we humans are always in the process of becoming who we are, taking in our experiences of grief and desire and rage and hope and love as we keep growing into who we could be. We begin today's platform with music from several members of the West Chorus. The title of this song is I Am Woman. And I'd like to say as a non-binary gender fluid person, this song feels like a celebration that I'm glad is here for my siblings who share similar identities with the singers. Gender is a beautiful galaxy of diversity and it does not diminish my sense of myself for others to sing of themselves appreciating each other in our differences is part of how we grow into the people we can become. So for those of us who are not women, let's support and admire. And to Susan Buzek, Julie Drizzen, Judy Myers, and Karen Storms, and to Kristen Pramuk, thank you for this. Let's listen.
3: I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore, and I know too much to go back and pretend, cause I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor. back even stronger, not another city longer, cause you deepened the conviction in my soul. Standing toe-to-toe to toe,
2: As I spread my, spread my blood, blood and arms across the land
3: But I'm still an embryo With a long, long, long way to go Until, until I make, make my, my brother understand. understand Oh yes, I am wise But, but it's wisdom-born pain Yes, I paid the cross say, but, but look how much I I am invincible. invincible. I am woman.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you all. Welcome once again to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Karen Schofield Leica. My pronouns are per and pers, short for person, and I'm today's officiant. Visitors, we especially welcome you from near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas at maceot That's M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form and Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service for a chance to say hello during the coffee hour. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't wanna see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. And just a reminder that closed captioning is also available and you can turn that on or off as you prefer. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc/readsop. This week our reader is Joe London. Joe leads our community relations committee, which is hosting a workshop today at 12:30 on compassionate communication and you are most welcome and we hope you will indeed join us. Now, I invite Joe to read our statement of purpose. Joe, wait just one moment while we get you unmuted so that we can actually hear our values in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. (laughs) Begin again, if you would please.
0: Okay. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith and human goodness, We appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candlelighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all.
0: Thanks so much, Karen, and thanks so much, Joe. This is a story that was inspired by Greek myth, and it's been through many interpretations and editors since then. The original story was written for a Mediterranean climate, and it's migrated in some ways to make sense for a temperate four season climate. This particular version of the story owes a debt to the one in a book called Circle Round. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. Once upon a time, In ancient Greece, there was a goddess named Demeter, and Demeter was the goddess of abundant earth. She ruled over growing plants, especially grain. The goddess Demeter had a daughter named Persephone, and as a young maiden, Persephone liked to wander the islands of Greece admiring the flowers and the plants that her mother caused to grow. And Demeter enjoyed having her daughter nearby as she worked whispering to the grasses and trees and flowers to keep growing. One day, Persephone noticed a golden flower, different from all the others. And the flower's perfume made her feel excited and curious and a little bit afraid. And Persephone knew she shouldn't pick a flower that is the only one of its kind. Even so, she reached out her hand and plucked the blossom. And the earth made a great groaning and cracking sound and the ground shook. Persephone hid her eyes and when she looked up, she saw that a cave had opened up just in front of her and it looked large enough to crawl into. Persephone knew that her mother Demeter would never let Persephone wander into a mysterious underground cave. So she didn't ask for permission. Persephone thought, I've always wondered where flowers come from before they push their way up from below. Now I can explore the realms beneath the earth for myself. I'll explore just a little." The light from above shone into the cave at first, and Persephone climbed deeper and deeper underground. Light filtering down from the sky became light glinting off of gems embedded in the earth. And soon, Persephone couldn't be seen at all from the surface of the earth. Well, a few hours later, Demeter was very worried. The sun slipped below the horizon and a chill fell on her heart. She cried out, Persephone, my dear, my only daughter, where are you? Demeter asked everyone she knew if they had seen Persephone, starting with her family. She asked her little brother Zeus, but he didn't know. Demeter wandered from the farmlands to the rocky beach, from the shores to the islands and back again. Nobody knew where Persephone had gone. And Demeter was sad for a long time. And then she got mad. I am the goddess Demeter. I shouldn't have to suffer alone. I'm the one who makes all things grow, who gives the gifts of food and life. No more. Until my daughter is returned to me, there will be no more growth. Well, the gardens died. The grapes withered. The fields were empty. The leaves all fell from the trees and the people went hungry. Meanwhile, Persephone was getting worried herself. She was lost. Persephone wandered through the underworld, brushing past the spirits of the dead and they asked for her company, but she didn't know what to say to them. And at last she came to the great hall, a large underground cavern. And there was a God there. Persephone recognized him instantly. Hades, I know you. My grandmother Hecate used to run this place until you took over the business. I am Persephone, maiden of spring. You must help me get back to the world above, the world of sunlight and flowers. Ah, Persephone, I'm glad to see you. I hate to tell you though, no one ever returns from this realm. Why don't you stay here and be my partner? And together we will rule the land of the dead. I want to go home, rest from your wanderings, have some food and drink. I don't feel like it, I'm too sad. But look at all the riches to delight you in the underworld, all of the gold and jewels and precious stones belong to us. I don't care about any gold and jewels, I want to see my mother. I want flowers and fruit and growing things. (sighs) Well, eat just a little bit. How about some pomegranate seeds? And as soon as she tasted the pomegranate seeds, Persephone saw things differently. She saw the spirits of the dead being transformed into the spirits of the unborn. This is underground. This is the place where seeds come from. Nothing comes to birth without darkness. The underworld is a beautiful kingdom. Well, now would you like to be queen? Yes, I have gone into the earth and I have changed and now I am queen. Well, back on the surface world, Demeter still insisted on keeping the earth barren. Famine covered the land and Demeter resolved to go to her brother Zeus to find out what he knew about Persephone's disappearance. Demeter, you have got to stop. Grief is appropriate for a time, but enough is enough. Until my daughter is returned to me, I won't make anything grow. All right, let me see if I can find out where she is. This is Zeus. Take a look at the camera films from September 21st. Do you see where Persephone went? Oh, that's serious. Thank you. She's in the underworld. Well. Mr. Smarty Pants, CEO of the gods, tell me how to get there. I'm going to go after her. Um, usually nobody returns from the underworld. Make an exception, unless you like the idea of never eating fresh food again. Right, I will text you the address. Soon, Demeter was at the gates to the underworld. I'm going to see my daughter again. Persephone, are you in there? Uh, Hi, mom. It's good to see you. I can't invite you in because it would be hard for you to leave again. Well, I've come to bring you back to the world above. Well, um, I've got a new job now. I'm the queen of the underworld. You already had a job. You're the maiden of spring. Well, I've discovered something down here. What has died goes underground and things change in the ground. The darkness gives birth to new life. I can be queen of the underworld and the maiden of spring. I just have to work out a commute schedule. So you could spend part of the year with me in the world above being the maiden of spring. And then the other part of the year, I'll spend with Hades being the queen of the underworld. After my time with you, I'll leave the spirits of the dead back here. And in the spring, you'll bring the spirits of new life up from the ground. This transformation thing is a whole journey. I've been the maiden of spring. I've been a wanderer. I've been queen of the underworld. And now I'm going to start the cycle all over again. I'm looking forward to the journey. Growing and changing is good, especially in the spring. So ends the story. As we consider the ways that we as humans gather in our experiences of grief and desire and rage and hope. As we grow into who we are becoming, we move into the centering time of our platform. Each
1: week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of those who are mourning violent deaths, of the eight who were killed in Indianapolis, and Duante Wright shot by a police officer. And we wish Ramadan Kareem to Muslims around the globe who are observing the holy month of Ramadan. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love.
0: We continue our centering time with a meditation written by my colleague, Christine Robinson. Let us enter into a space of quiet and peace. I invite you to ground yourself by noticing your contact with what's supporting you. Maybe that's a chair, maybe you're on a couch, maybe the floor. Remember the earth underneath that, supporting us all. Become aware of your posture and your breathing. You can close your eyes or soften your gaze if you like. Perhaps you'll bring your body into more of an alignment so that you can be at ease and yet alert relaxed and ready. Look at your hands. They've been through a lot, these hands. They have strengths and scars and beauty. I invite you to remember that it is your hands that do the work of love in this world. These hands may hold another's hands. These hands may type emails to politicians sign cards of consolation and congratulation. These hands may patiently teach, quilt works of beauty or write words encouraging peace. These hands may bathe children, feed elders, nurse the ill, work the earth, organize communities. These hands clasp in meditation, open in release, grasp in solidarity, clench in righteous anger. These are your hands, our hands, a great mystery of flesh and intention, a great potential of embodied love. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows.
3: Lady of the season's laughter, in the summer's warmth be near. When the winter follows after, teach our spirits not to fear. Hold us in your steady mercy, Lady of the turning year sister of the evening starlight in the falling shadow stay here among us till the far light of tomorrow's dawning ray hold us in your steady mercy lady of the turning day mother of Generations in whose love all life is worth everlasting celebrations bring our labor safe to birth, hold us in your steady mercy, Lady of the turning earth, goddess of all time's progression. Stand with us when we engage Hands and hearts to end oppression Writing history's fairer page Hold us in your steady mercy Lady of the turning age Thank you, Karen, and
0: thank you, Leah, for putting that, preferred uh, producing that. We are always becoming who we are. Two weeks ago, I spoke a little about what that means for us as a community on a community level. And community is an important part of identity. As Kenyan born philosopher John Mbiti wrote in African Religions and Philosophy with respect to the concept of Mbutu, I am because we are. And since we are, therefore I am. We are always becoming partly because the communities of which we are a part are always becoming. And today I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the experiences that move our process of becoming in new directions. And these might be things that we think of as individual experiences, yet I think they are also communal. And I think the line between individual and communal, communal might be fuzzier than some of us were led to believe. The experiences we'll talk a little bit about today are things like grief and longing and rage and curiosity and hope and love. And we're gonna keep exploring those things our whole lives and I'll need to be relatively brief today because we wanna make sure to have time to celebrate life with a baby naming ceremony after the regular platform. Grieving feels especially relevant today. In the West community, we're grieving for some of our members. And we are particularly heartbroken for our beloveds who have lost a loved one recently due to trauma. Nationally, we're still reeling from anti Asian violence that claimed eight lives in Atlanta. And then that grief was compounded by the tone of the Derek Chauvin trial and our renewed grief for George Floyd. And then that grief was compounded by the deaths of 20 year old Dante Wright and 13 year old Adam Toledo. At the hands of police. And then our grief was compounded again by the deaths of eight people at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis, four of them members of the sick faith. The grief can be overwhelming, especially for those among us who see a reflection of close friends or family or selves in those who have died. Grief is part of what makes us who we are. By sharing that experience of grief in community, we can bear witness to the people and the hopes that have been lost. There are some who think that grief needs to be hidden, that it's unseemly to be so human in public. Yet when the losses are so profound, how else can we honor life except to cry out? At the Revolutionary Love online conference this weekend, grief has been a big theme. Miss Mickey Scott Bay Jones and Rabbi Sharon Browse had a conversation on Thursday on just this topic, and it's been a continuing thread in some of the other panels I've been able to catch since then. Mickey Scott Bay Jones spoke about grief for her mother, who died of COVID early in the pandemic and grief over mass violence and grief over what's been lost due to health disparities and racist systems. And she said, grief opens up our imagination and bolsters our courage. Grief opens up our imagination and bolsters our courage. And I think what she was saying is that when we feel and express our mourning together, the seeming impossibility of continuing with life becomes possibility. Maybe not right away. Shock and numbness might come first. But together, we have a collective capacity that transforms us, that makes it possible to gather the energy to return to life. Rabbi Sharon Browse responded that public grief is an act of rebellion against the world as it is because we are not willing to forget. Public grief is an act of rebellion. Brous noted that there are deep roots in her Jewish faith drawn from collective experiences of trauma, grief, truth-telling and adaptation. From the transformation of Judaism from a temple-focused culture to a diaspora culture, to survival through various pogroms, Broush remembered that there is grief woven into everything. But that doesn't stop the existence of life and joy. Jones went on to observe that we cycle through mourning and lamentation and truth-telling and rebuilding. All of those things are part of the continuance of life, the reimagining of life. We learn and we teach truth in the process of public grief. We figure out together what happens next in adapting and rebuilding because of how we form and strengthen relationships in the process of public grief. Grief is part of who we are. It is part of our process of becoming. And grief is not all of who we are in the long run, though it may may feel like our whole world in some moments. This is something that we might overlook about the story of Demeter and Persephone. Demeter's public grief and rage and the way her mourning brings the entire economy of her mythological world into a halt feels true. A story where life eventually goes on, radically different from what had come before, but it goes on, that feels true. Persephone being called to comfort and lead the souls of the underworld, but not knowing what to say to them until she got in touch with her own grief, that feels true. Our story this morning is about grief, but it's not only about grief. It's also about reorienting reorienting ourselves and our communities. It's about the power of love to find a solution that subverted rules of division. It's about entering into a new way of being, even when we don't know what that new way is going to look like in its fullness. Grief is one thing that urges the characters in the story to continue with the process of becoming, but it's not the only thing. Beauty and longing are also forces in the story. In some versions, Hades takes Persephone to the underworld without her consent. Yet even in those versions, she finds beauty in roots and jewels and pomegranate seeds. Even in those versions, she is transformed into a queen. In the version I shared this morning, Persephone chooses to follow beauty and curiosity. She continues on her journey through uncertainty. If we can stay with this version of the story for a moment, it leads me to wonder what calls us forward to become the people we can become with authenticity and ethical values. Curiosity seems to be a powerful force for becoming. Sometimes we try things not knowing what will happen next. And that's been a lot of what the last year has been like. Moving through the next year will be more experimentation. We will try some things and then we will try some more things. So let's travel on that journey together in the spirit of adventure and curiosity, rather than perfectionism. My hope is that our curiosity will involve open hearts as well as open minds. Let's be curious about how the people around us are feeling, what's lifting us up, and how we can show up for one another. Beauty is another thing that calls us forward, And I'm grateful for the beauty of spring that is providing some comfort and counterpoint in these difficult days. Thank you to everyone who sent in a photo for the virtual flower arch slideshow that we saw during the gathering time before platform today. For me, the progression of snowdrops to daffodils, to cherry blossoms, to strawberry blossoms has helped me keep track of the days to remember that there is a past and a future, and that more growth is ahead. The music offered today is yet more beauty, more reason to remember that we are better together, more inspiration to find centering and peace. Perhaps some of us are hanging on, awaiting the possibility of encountering beauty, the beauty of a loved one's face in person, the beauty of art, or the beauty of a homegrown tomato. Beauty is something that can call us forward, can motivate us to continue becoming the people we could be. One more thing that feels relevant right now about the journey of becoming is the role of building relationships, both strengthening current relationships and being open to new ones. Last night, one of the panels on the Online Revolutionary Love Conference was about lessons learned in Ferguson, convened by my colleague, James Croft from the Ethical Society of St. Louis and three of his local St. Louis interfaith colleagues about how their community came together after the murder of Michael Brown. Koach Baruch or KB Frazier, a Jewish activist and drummer and the Reverend Dietra Wise Baker both spoke about moments when music brought together activists with different viewpoints and who had been through harrowing circumstances, and how their ability to come together was built on the hospitality of leaders in the interfaith community. Making a place of sanctuary in their buildings, being invited into each other's homes, being concerned with each other's well being, all of those things made it possible to organize for change and to make meaning. Reverend Erin Conahan on that same panel talked about being brand new at her congregation in that moment and deciding to show up for an interfaith meeting, even though she didn't know what her role would be or what the plan was or what might happen or what her congregation was going to think, she talked about confronting her whiteness, including an attachment to certainty that can come with whiteness, and emphasizing relationship over plans. KB Frazier added that people had to unlearn their perceptions of others with different identities and from different communities because all people have dignity. And it's important to leave stereotypes at the door when everyone is together in striving for liberation. Right, so being open to relationship. And James said that whenever nonsense is going on in St. Louis now, There is already a community of people who are trained and supercharged and ready to respond together. Something in Ferguson, something in the larger St. Louis community, something all over the world was and is ready for change. And the way it was and is going to change is at least in part about relationships. And all of this reminded me of the Washington Ethical Society and our relationship with the Washington Interfaith Network or WIN. Something that is different about building power in a coalition like WIN, than working with other organizations on a particular issue is the place of relationships. There are encounters in that kind of community organizing, that kind of power building. There are encounters where it doesn't seem like there's a plan, or it's not clear what our individual roles might be, or where where our preferred way to do things might not prevail. Staying in relationship anyway matters. Power is built not only in the victories, not only in the visible parts of protests, not only in the legislative visits, also those things, but also in the trust that grows from people who show up for each other in the absence of certainty. Power is built around drum circles and kitchen tables and solving mundane problems. We as individuals and as a community are always becoming. Our community of communities is always becoming. DC and its environs and all of our neighborhoods are always becoming because we are drawn forward by relationships. The power to care for one another effectively works the same way. We have some current and recent examples of people taking care of each other within the West community, but it's not new. As an aside, Robin might drop into the chat a link for signing up to care for some folks in our community. But there has not been a moment since I arrived when we didn't have a meal train or a check-in plan or greeting cards going out to someone. Grief and struggle are facts, but we don't have to face them alone. Put aside conflict and tension and gossip and arguments about the right way to do things or the right words to use, take care of each other, and let people take care of you just like you've been doing. Being in a values-centered community can bring out our best because we want to be our best for each other, not because of patronizing efforts to teach or reform others. Love is what makes the whole thing work. People are always changing. Communities are always changing. There are things we can pay attention to and things we can nurture and things that move us toward becoming who we could be, who we hope to be. We pay attention to the communal experience of grief because feeling the reality of that grief leads us to human connection, to truth-telling and the drive for a reimagined future. We pay attention to curiosity, which leads us to be courageous when we don't know what might happen next. We pay attention to beauty, Beauty helps us find peace and meaning and energizes us for the journey onward. We pay attention to relationships because who we are is always in context. We may not be able to control the changes that accompany loss, risk, and the onward progression of seasons, but we don't have to go through those changes alone. We are always becoming who we are. May we join together with others in such a way that we grow into the best version of who we could be, authentically and fully ourselves, while still true to our values and ready to be part of a reimagined future. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. What are you growing into in this season of your life? As we contemplate, rest and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the
3: musical response.
2: A piercing wintry breeze blowing through the budding trees And I button up my coat to keep me warm But the days are on the mend and I'm on the road again With my fiddle snuggled close beneath my arm
3: I have a fine
2: felt hat and a strong pair of probes I have rosin in my pocket for my bow Fiddle strings are
3: new, and and I've learned a tune or two, so I'm well prepared to ramble and must go. I'm as happy as a king
2: when I catch a breath of spring, and and the grass grass is turning green as winter ends, and the geese are on the wing, and and the thrushes start start to sing, and I'm headed down down the road to see my friends. I've a fine felt hat and a strong pair of robes I have rosin in my pocket for my bow And my fiddle strings are new and I've learned to your tune So I'm prepared to ramble and must go Here's how to one and all, to the big and to the small To the rich and poor alike and foe and friend Turn again, may, may our foes turn, turn to friends, to and, and may enjoy me with and you until then. I have a fine felt hat and a strong pair of robes. I have rosin in my, my pocket, pocket for my bow. And my, my, my fiddle strings, strings are new, and I've learned learn a tune or two, two so I'm prepared to ramble and must go. I
3: have a fine felt hat. And a strong pair of robes, I have frozen in my pocket for my bowl. And my
2: fiddle strings are new, and I've learned to part two, so I'm
3: prepared to ramble and must go.
1: Thank you to the West Chorus for that ramble of spring. The notion of Being on the go to visit friends is something I think many of us are longing for and very much looking forward to that day. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, what are you growing into in this season of your life? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. I see them starting to come in already. I will keep up as best I can, but please do share. You said to all panelists and attendees, folks can read along um, for any that I can't catch up with. So Peter says, I love the way Lynn updated the story to the modern time emphasizing the existence of modern technology and declaring the relevance of this ancient story to our modern times. To Peter, his humanism declares a commitment to separate myth from reality. Lynn shows us how to learn from and enjoy myth while separating it from reality if we insist on this goal. So that's a great, thank you, Peter. And it is indeed, Lynn is very wonderful at adapting and making things old seem quite relevant. Abby notes, I'm becoming someone who camps often if briefly. Perry Bider notes, what comes to mind as an example of public grief opening the imagination is the creation of the coa Matt, which is the coming of age, Matt's advanced teen training program after a tragic, deadly car accident. Indeed, Perry, I was thinking about that program myself when Lynn mentioned this opening of imagination, even from a place of grief. Encourage others to share. You may be sharing on Facebook or here in the Zoom chat comment, thinking about what you are growing into in this phase of life. Is it something you're growing into personally, communally, globally? All of those places, we are multitudes within us and we have much growing that we are capable of and can do. We're an unusually quiet and therefore I'm assuming reflective group this morning. Please do consider, keep reflecting, keep thinking, keep growing. Yes, indeed, we are ready to move ahead because we have babies to look forward to in just a moment. So just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our opening, our excuse me, our operating budget, (laughs) and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Rock Creek Conservancy. The Rock Creek Conservancy exists to restore Rock Creek and its parklands as the natural oasis for all people to appreciate and protect. They are the organizing body that makes possible the stream stream cleanup projects that we participated in, especially through the BSA Troop 1123 and through our SEEK program for youth. On the slide in a moment, you'll see, here you go, the number to give by text for today's collection, which is 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org or through tiny.cc slash Westgives. We will now receive your gifts and the musicians gifts of music. Yes, Perry, I love your comment. You don't like the music at West? Wait five minutes, it will change. We have great variety, great growth. I don't. I love that spring thaw. I could hear the dripping and the rushing water. So thank you to our guest musician, Asher Falero for that wonderful piece. And thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Our interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, the West Chorus, Asher Falero that we've just heard from, Thank you to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator. Thank you to Robin Kravitz for communication support and especially that beautiful floral display we saw at the very beginning this morning. Thank you to our slide artists, John and Abby Dakin for their also beautiful representations of our work together. Thanks to tech host, John Leka. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. At the conclusion of the platform and after today's baby naming ceremony, please join us for a virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you are welcome to drift in and out of to greet different people. Today, we're going to do the uh, the choose your own breakouts dynamic. So you can select one of these exciting options for your small group coffee hour experience. I'm going to describe them all. Don't worry, when it gets time to get to the coffee hour, you'll get to hear the choices again. So no panic. Just give you something to think about here. So the choices will be solo at West. This group offers more connection for those who do not arrive at West with partners or children who attend or are members alongside them. Parents, this is a check-in for those who are actively raising children and teens. DC statehood, if you have information, excitement, or advocacy strategies to share about DC statehood in light of the vote of the US House House of Representatives coming up this week, join this breakout group. Family stories. In the new tradition with the Friday check-in group, this is a place where people can trade short personal memories. Platform discussion. At least one breakout group will be for those who wish to focus their discussion on today's platform. If something resonated for you with the story, which we saw some extra chat about, um, so that's for sure the case, the talk, community sharing, or something else, come to this breakout to continue the conversation. And social chatting. If you prefer a relaxed conversation about whatever comes to mind and heart, choose a breakout group for social chatting. As with all of the groups, you are welcome to drift in and out as you are moved. And once we're in the Coffee Hour Zoom, Robin will help you find the menu for choosing your breakout group. To get to the Coffee Hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc westcoffeehour Hour And we'll display that again at the end of our time this morning. So that's just this morning. Now here are a few other upcoming events to be aware of. After the platform and coffee hour today at 1230, the Community Relations Committee is sponsoring a three hour workshop on nonviolent communication, also known as compassionate communication. The workshop will be facilitated by Kathy Carroll and Douglas Farnham and is free for West members. Though registration was encouraged, last-minute participants are most welcome. This coming Saturday, April 24th at noon, there is a brief Earth Song music gathering with Leah Morris, and pre-registration is not necessary, so just come in to join in the music. Later next Saturday, we will celebrate the life of David Pelkey in a a memorial service at 2 p.m., you please point your browsers to tiny.cc Remembers on Saturday at 2pm to view the Zoom live stream of the service. We have opportunities for Wes members and friends to connect virtually during the week, including support meetings and discussion groups. You can find the details for that and all other events on our website at ethicalsociety.org. And please join us next week for platform on Sunday, April 25th at 1030. Our guest, Dina Gilio Whitaker, will speak on environmental justice in Indian country and moving toward a transformational land ethic. You can prepare for this platform by checking out her book, which is entitled As Long As Grass Grows, the Indigenous Fight for Environmental Justice from Colonization to Standing Rock. Whew, that's a lot of options. Finally, thank you for being here with us. At this point, we are gonna be closing our live stream to Facebook.